This is The Hike, a limited series. Conversations with independent advisors and home office employees. Stay focused, learn something, and keep moving forward. This is episode six. I think because we're, Val, we're doing these out of order. We recorded out of order. Um, and I think, I, as I said on the last time, this kind of spoils the magic, but we don't. We don't do these live, everybody. We're not doing them live. So this is this is episode six of the hike. Welcome, welcome. As always, Andrew Evans and the wonderful uh, Valerie Vest. And with us today uh, is Colleen Bell. Um, Colleen, uh, one of the uh, uh, you're one of the executive heads now of uh, Cambridge. I mean, I, it, it's it's always pleasant to think about that. My apologies for not being. Uh, terribly reverent in it, but I always forget that we're getting older and we get promotions and things like that. So, uh, but Colleen, welcome. Welcome to the show. It's happy, wonderful, wonderful to have you. I'll, I'll Thank welcome, you, Andrew. I'll welcome you, Colleen, and um, I'll be reverent and say, uh, yes, Colleen is our Executive Vice President and uh, Chief Fiduciary Officer, Fiduciary Officer at Cambridge. So yeah, excited. And my leader. So excited to have you here today. Um you know, I was thinking, Andrew, did we ever explain to people why the hike? I don't think so. That might be good. At six episodes in. I guess. I guess so. Well, well, let's uh, uh, open-ended question, Colleen. Why do you think we call it the hike? It's a journey. I think that the podcast, you want to bring people through a journey. And um, a hike is somewhat unpredictable. You unprepared. It, but then you enjoy everything around it as well. That's, that's my interpretation. That's pretty good. That's my goodness. That's really good. Cause so you're, 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 you're pretty close. And as Colin, as, um, as Val and I went back and forth as to what to name this and, you know, on all these business podcasts and discussions, you know, it's always about, you know, the fight and I'm going to climb the mountain and, you know, all these like, you know, I'm going to, dig it's all very heavy kind of stuff but we thought about our business and if if you come at it in a in a relaxed you know more straightforward viewpoint it's more like a hike in that it's a journey you're not climbing any mountains you could do it on a sunday kind of relax but through a hike you always have time to stop and look and enjoy your surroundings so we've always felt that that our business is more of a hike than a sprint. And it's no walk in the park, so it does take work, but from time to time you can stop and enjoy the views uh, that you have created. So the work that you've put into the industry, the work that you've put into your practice, and just take some time to enjoy it, much like a hike. Yeah, it's rewarding. rewarding. You, you know, a hike is kind of rewarding your accomplishment versus, like you said, a walk in the park, but... Yeah, we saw. We thought it was a good, a good analogy, but you nailed it. It's a journey. Yeah. See, Colleen, you're so good at this. See, that's why. That's why they promote you because you just know these things. <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> or something like that. So, and I and I see that I see your photos, uh, uh, your pictures in the background. Are, the, are those dogwoods? Is that what I they see? are actually? Yes. So I love nature. So I do like taking hikes. That is what I like to do and enjoy um, on my vacation. So that I bring a little bit of nature into my home office. Yeah, that's wonderful. And did you notice uh, Val's ba- Val has changed her background over the past couple uh, 
episodes. You know, she filled in some gaps of books and she turned them around. I did notice that. <laughs> so now we don't get to know what she's reading. It's a secret. Yeah. Well, you could, did you tell Colleen what your daughter's been reading that I've been, you know, poking fun at every she's single reading the Twilight series. So I think she's done with it. She's moved through it. You know, there's plenty of time right now. So she's on to probably watching the movies. I don't know. You know, I have the opinion, as long as my kids are reading, then I'm happy. So whatever they're reading, as long as it's something that's productive, um, I'm all about it for sure. Are you reading anything now? I am. I haven't read it in a while, I don't think. Um, so I'd have to go back and look at my my Kindle to see what I actually am reading, because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I, uh, uh, Lindsay, for those of you who don't know, that's my wife's name. Um, she's usually into like two, maybe three books at once. I'm going over the, uh, uh, it, it's this neat little book I bought years ago. I'm rereading. It's the politically incorrect guide to capitalism. Mm. So it's, uh, it's one of those things that I like. I started reading Simon Sinek's, um, the infinite game. Yes. Really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want a shortened version of that, he and Brene Brown have a podcast, so if you're tight on time and just want to get the cliff notes of it, that's it's a good podcast to to grab. And she's only on Spotify right now. So. Well, I mean, Val, let's not promote other people's other than ours at first. You know, well, after you've listened, they won't know to listen to that until you've listened to our. That's right. Until they got through all of ours. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Once you're through ours, you can feel free to go listen to Bernie Brown. But you shouldn't do that. Until you have been through all of ours. Absolutely. I mean, that, Absolutely. that's really the most important thing. That really is. Um, well, I, Val, uh, do you want to uh, give us, um, what are we talking about? Why am I here today? What are, you know, yeah. what are we talking about today? It's probably things we all love and enjoy. So, Well, I think it's a timely topic. So, um, you know, we are going to talk about how technology and digital experiences play into the independent financial professional space. And, mm-hmm. One of the reasons excited to have Colleen here with us today is because she's just been instrumental um, at Cambridge in terms of really evolving and our digital transformation. But um, one of the things, Colleen, that I always enjoy is how you've brought in your, um, I would say your personal experiences with technology and digital experiences. And so um, maybe you could just kind of share a little bit about your background, you know, kind of catch us, catch everyone up and um, introduce yourself. But um, and then just talk about maybe how how you use yeah, your personal experiences to really influence what we do at Cambridge. Sure, I'd be happy to. So first, I'll start with my background. I realized actually today that this will be 15 years at Cambridge. So coming up in March, um, that is why Andrew probably said, you know, I can't believe that you've been promoted over the years because it's been 15 years. Yeah, and you're only 30, right? I am only 30, yes. I've been working. I started as an intern really, really young. Unbelievable. (laughs) So um, it has been quite some time that I've been at Cambridge, but I started in the industry at the Securities and Exchange Commission um, down in Atlanta right out of school. And um, I will give away my age. That was back in the early 2000s. Um, and, you know, I actually had gone into management information systems for my degree and got out, realized in, you know, 2000, 2001, 2002, there were no jobs in development after the crash, um, the, the tech bubble crash. 
in that field. So I figured, okay, I have a, you know, a management degree um, from a business school. So I decided to look into finance and found a job at Securities Exchange Commission. And really that was my first foray into financial services. And I have been here ever since. Um, and so I took a very roundabout way to actually utilizing my degree, um, but I finally have gotten there. Um, you know, did the compliance aspect of financial services for quite some time. Um, but once I was at Cambridge for a while, I realized that I wanted to branch out, do something new. I love building things. Um, so I started to, to work with our teams on our asset management programs. And that's when I started getting into the technology. So how can we create a better experience for our financial professionals and how they're trading accounts, make it more efficient for them? And, um, you know, ever since that time, and that was probably about um, six years ago, you know, continue to build upon the digital strategy and the things that we have done. Um, so right now, I am uh, leading our operations team and our fiduciary services team. And our goal really is to provide all the tools, the technology, the education that our financial professionals need to serve their clients. So that means I need to think about the big picture. What is the experience that they have um, both in their office, as well as the experience that they can provide to their client. Um, and as Bell had said earlier, you know, I always think back of what experience would I want as a client? Um, I live in the app world. I actually um, created a whole applified um, experience based on what I use on a day-to-day -day basis. I, I know the last year has brought all of us into more of a, a digital forum, um, but I've been there for quite some time. I actually remember being on stage um, at one of our conferences and saying that I had a doctor's visit via, uh, you know, a video chat at four in the morning because I wanted to make sure that I can get my daughter the prescription that she needed um, uh, and that I, I could get to work that day, that next day. I didn't want to have to take the time to go into the doctor's office and do everything. So I figured I could just take care of it right then and there. And I had so many financial professionals come up to me afterwards and said, you can never trust a doctor on a video. And here we are three years later, they're everywhere. Yeah, but Colleen, how did you fax the doctor the the information? You because I need a fax machine, don't I? The eighties called and they want your fax machine back. I ah, uh, <laughs> uh, unbelievable. Exactly. No, I put all the information. I was actually in bed. It was four in the morning. Put all the information on my phone, and um, you know, then the doctor called and we had a Facetime visit. And, you know, all that was resolved. So I've, I've always been, I would call an early adopter of those types of things. Um, and it's just gotten better over time. Now, that's the only way I'll see a doctor unless I do have to go in for a specific reason or to get a test or, you know, those types of things. Um, I buy my clothes on an app. I grocery shop on an app. I get my food on an app. Um, everything is done in an easy way. Um, and, you know, you can choose the experience that you have. Um, and then think about how can I apply this in the business? So if I like the alert system, say on daily, um, daily fix, you know, as far as making sure that I'm getting the food that I want, or can I turn something off? It's a, a quick alert to my phone. Um, and I think that's what financial professionals should start to think about. Uh, you don't have to have that, that meeting, that one hour meeting once a year. How can you keep in touch with your, your clients all throughout the year and have a different way of communicating with them? Um, so that you are, you know, making sure that they're reaching their goals. Uh, think about um, Peloton or 
Noom, a weight loss app that is out there? How do you use the psychology behind everything that you're doing? It's all a numbers game. Um, I think about, you know, as long as you're giving the client the numbers that they need, they can make informed decision. But it's presenting those numbers to them in the right way that will, will guide um, how they spend or how they save. Um, I, 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 just, I want to take a quick step backwards, if you don't mind, Colleen. Where did you go to undergrad in grad school or did, was it just undergrad? Undergrad at University of Illinois. Oh, okay. So you went to a, a real university. That's cool. That's good. I was just wondering. That's and that's the that's the fighting Illini, right? It is the fighting Illini. That's correct. Okay. I just want to make sure I get uh, one of our former advisors. Uh, I well, actually, a lot of our advisors went there, but one of them he actually played football there, and he was telling me about the position he played. And I go, they don't do that anymore. It was some weird thing that his job was just to like spear people with his head. I go, yeah, they don't do that anymore. Yeah, they probably should not have done that at no, any time. No, but why the move from Illinois to Atlanta? Just better prospects or just want to be warmer? I got a job, man. I, I'm I, I literally, I was in Illinois. I was um, thinking about going to law school at the time. So working as a, an intern in a law department and they were all miserable attorneys and they, they made it their mission at, at, for my internship to convince me to go out and get a job first um, and then decide if I wanted to go to law school later. So while I was interning, I was um, applying for positions and got the, the, got the job at Securities and Exchange Commission, which required me to move to Atlanta with two weeks notice. And that's what I did. That's awesome. Um, that's funny, you know, cause we, we graduated, um, we're undergrad uh, same time. We are the same age. Um, and a lot of people don't, I, I always feel like call us the 2001 to 2003 graduate. Everybody forgets about us. Those true eighties babies. They just forget about us. Everybody wants to talk You'll about never us. be forgotten, Andrew. Don't you? No, worry. but you know what I mean? Because of, Oh, the millennials, they need these things or, Oh, the xenials. Oh, the baby boomers. Mm. Yeah, you said that because I'm older than both of you. And I'm part of the uh, Generation X, and I'm like, I'm the forgotten one. Degrees of forgotten. Because I'm sandwiched in between. So that's so right. funny. We all have our own sad story. Yeah, we, that, right? we came out of school with zero pro- negative prospects of jobs. That So yeah. I, I think that's interesting, and I, I am wrapping up to a point here, Colleen, is that our folk, not saying we're the only ones, but when those of us who graduated then, we had to figure it out fast. Got to go for something. You have to do something and you better get going because you have to. Because you have and you're to. Not gonna, and you probably weren't going to use the degree that you had because right. everything was up in the air. Companies were shutting down all over the place. Um, so yeah, I went from management information systems thinking I was going to be coding something to um, law school to working in financial services and mm-hmm. thinking have a way of working out the way they should. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, so let me, um, I'll, I'll dive into the, the, the talk of um, uh, best case or, or, or uses of technology now. Do you find still in what you do, even though knowing what you know, that we're still, because you're talking about the, uh, the, the, the telemedicine and so forth. And we've used that in this household for the past probably like two and a half years. So we're, we're big into that too. That's, it's just quick and easy because you don't really always need to go somewhere. Um, but do you find that most, that, that most advisor, or, or I'm sorry, financial professionals, let's keep our terminology correct here because, you know, 
of uh, compliance and so forth. Um, do you find that most of them really are still just sticking to what they know and they really don't want to advance or are they trying to advance or, or, or how do you feel like kind of like that, that shades of gray is going of people who do, but can't, or people who absolute won't and say, no, you better give me that piece of paper and a pen and a fax machine or teletype. It's, it's shades. So, but I will say that I have seen a dramatic shift in adoption to some technology over the last nine to 12 months. And I think that, you know, we always have to get to some kind of a tipping point for people to start to get used to a different way of doing business in order for the, us to introduce something new. So I think about um, the adoption of technology in the terms of change management. It's hard to change. Like you just said, you know, don't take my pen away. This is how I do my business. Um, but if we can replace your pen, maybe with a, a pen that you can use on your computer, maybe that will bring a little bit more of comfort to someone. And then they can get used to entering something and, and doing DocuSign. Um, so I think it's just trying to get adoption somewhere um, in order to uh, really implement some changes because you don't want to do everything at once. I think if you try to just take the paper away and say you have to do everything on a computer, that's not going to feel comfortable for many people. So I think the way that I approach it would be, how can I get them comfortable with it, doing it themselves? So a good example of that is um, Val and I have a project right now for digital investing. And uh, we knew that we'd be using a company called Plaid to connect bank accounts and seamlessly move money between bank accounts, um, basically instantaneously. So no need to you know, verify avoided check and those types of things. So I found an app actually that I can utilize with my children called Greenlight, um, issue them debit cards. I can pay their allowance on Greenlight through an app but I connected to my bank account through Plaid. So I could experience what that was like, what the security was like, what the process was going to be, um, so that I could be confident in introducing it to um, our business and how we can utilize it for our, our financial professionals. So little steps at a time. I get comfortable, then we can get the business comfortable, and then we can get the financial professionals comfortable. Yeah. do the same thing for their clients. You know, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I always laugh because maybe I've told this, to both of you before, but that, I mean, that's very similar to what I try to do uh, inside of the organization, but I always, being the Catholic that I am, I always use the hymn uh, that goes, be not afraid, I go before you always, come follow me. I, you have to try it. I, I think yes. that's the most important thing as opposed to, you know, somebody on the team or, or you getting an edict from above saying, you have to use this now, like, okay, and then here you go field, everybody use this. It's wonderful to hear that you say, well, before we do it, I'm going to break it. That's right. Absolutely. Let, me, let me mess it up really good because I can recover. I don't want to push something out that then no one can recover from. I totally agree. And I think the financial professionals should do the same. So if they want to start their clients using DocuSign, as an example, then they should start using it within their own practice. So I made a policy, you know, probably two years ago, I'm not signing a piece of paper ever again, unless I actually have to, because the company won't accept, you know, e-signature. But for everything else, I'm going to do DocuSign. It's much easier. Um, but then I'm, again, comfortable saying to everyone else in the company that we all should use DocuSign. Um, and then we certainly have seen, obviously, over the last um, six months, a huge adoption of DocuSign. It was amazing to me how many people were not using DocuSign before last year. Um, people who are our age, even. And I've had the question, you know, why aren't you doing it? And it was just, I just haven't changed my process yet. 
clients are used to it. They're doing it for their mortgage. They're doing it for everything else. They can do it for financial services as well. I think it's interesting you say that. I think the, excuse me, the last you know, 10 to 12 months, I've considered it like a time machine where it's fast forward us into the future, you know, like back to the future. And um, it's hard to think about going back. You think about all those people that didn't want to use DocuSign and now the thought of going back and like the stacks of paper with the t- little sticky tabs on it and the sign here. I mean, you wouldn't even want to go back. Ever. Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's the thing about technology. If, if it is used and you're comfortable with it, then you won't go back. Um, you know, I talked about my experiences earlier, grocery shopping. I used to spend an hour every weekend going grocery shopping. And now I can do it while I'm at home with my kids and yes, I'll still pick it up sometimes when I, um, you know, I'm going out to do other things, but half the time it's just delivered to my home. I mean, I will never go back spending 45 minutes going through the grocery store if I don't have to. Uh, Instacart. I mean, we did yes. that uh, when we um, we traveled uh, for Thanksgiving. When we came back, we we quarantined hard, hard quarantine. But we Instacarted and it was, I, it was pretty good. I mean, I I'm okay with that. You know, that that's this is all okay stuff. I will say um, that if you're particular about your produce, go buy your produce on your own. That's I will, I will that's, agree with that. Yeah, that's that's the only thing where I'm just like, mm, I think I have a more discerning eye over my tomatoes, my bananas, and so forth. But uh, I'm so happy that I didn't have to go out and get it. I mean, I, that's still very, very nice. Uh, but, uh, you know, eh, I think I'll probably go to the farmer's market a little bit more often now. Which is a different experience and, and an enjoyable experience for most people. So it, that's kind of, it still works out going to the farmer's market. Yeah. Well, yeah. so Colleen, how about that? From that standpoint, how can you bridge those ideas into what you would see as ideal for advisors utilizing technology as it relates to, you know, um, they're the Instacart, as it were, or they're the the, the Noom uh, app. Um, how would you like them to see best case use? Sure. So we actually went through a process, Val and I did, along with some other leaders, and took all these experiences, the best of what those apps have to offer, and then tried to determine how can we implement that with the technologies that we have at Cambridge. Um, so... Um, some of the things that we thought about would be the alert function, the communication function. How can we, um, you know, s- compare people as well? So, you know, Noom is a great example. We'll say that, you know, only 10% of people are logging their meals every day. Do you hear that and you're doing it? You're like, oh, I'm doing a great job. We can say to our financial professionals, um, you know, 20% of you are using DocuSign. And um, if you're not using DocuSign, why am I not using DocuSign? Um, and those, just little nudges. Nudge is a great book if you haven't read that book. Mm-hmm. Um, but how can we utilize that to, to nudge and influence positive behavior is what we're trying to accomplish. And then just the ease of, of doing business through those types of apps is what we're trying to accomplish as well. So having all the information in one place, having your dashboard of all the information and go seamlessly into opening an account or requesting cash or, um, you know, all the the major functions, creating a a seamless process so that there may be a lot going on behind the scenes, but from a financial professional and a client experience, it's seamless. Yes, but Colleen, Val, you have all this technology and and you're doing all these things, but when do you actually get to see people? 
do you feel like you're missing out because you're not interacting with a human? Isn't that what you really want to do? When do we get the human side of it? I love that question because I feel if you're utilizing the technology effectively, then you have more time to see people and have those engagements and have conversations about hikes instead of conversations about their suitability information that the client have, has provided to you earlier because they filled out the information you know, digitally rather than having them fill it out uh, with a pen and paper. So it just changes the conversation that you can have if you're utilizing the, the technology efficiently. I think that's a, such a good point because I think that's one of the things that we're trying to do at Cambridge, you know, Colleen, is we're trying to change our workflows, our experiences internally so that the conversations that we get to have with the financial professionals is that higher level, more thoughtful conversation. And in turn, the financial professionals can do the same thing with their clients. And I think, yeah, I think you hear that as you talk to those that have embraced this technology, you know, instead of, you know, going through page by page, let's go back to our DocuSign, you know, instead of going page by page through the document, you have a broader conversation and the DocuSign isn't, isn't, it's not an hour and a half conversation about paperwork. Mm-hmm. Colleen, because, you know, we're, we're, we're moving, if you haven't noticed, we're, we're moving along quite swimmingly. Uh, so time is, is being, because we're all having fun, I hope. We're actually recording this on January 29th, but it probably won't post for probably another four weeks. Like we're not gonna, we're not gonna put it up for So everybody's hearing this. This, this is a voice from the past. You're viewing the past. In, in, in four weeks from now, what do you, what do you see happening um, with any changes or any updates uh, at, at Cambridge? And I'm, I'm saying that kind of loaded uh, because I know Val and I, I'll pull, I'll pull down the, the fourth wall. I know a lot of the, the technology things that are going on in Cambridge that both Val and Colleen are talking, cause I'm engaged in it as well. And, you know, I wouldn't say that I'm steering as much as I'm complaining. I guess that's what everybody would call it. It's what I do is I complain. But uh, things like uh, the APEC system and things like that, what, what do you see? And so when somebody turns this on on February 28th, okay, um, what do you think will be different? What do you think will be um, splashy, if anything? How are you feeling? Sure. So first, you're not a complainer. You are a constructive feedbacker. Oh, you're so nice. Oh, that's... <laughs> Your execu speak is so good. So, uh, yes, we have a lot planned um, and a lot in the final stages um, for a technology initiatives. And one that is near and dear to, to Vale's heart that she's been working on would be that digital investing. So four weeks from now, I am hopeful that I have actually opened up the first account at, uh, for our digital investing platform. Again, I want to break it first. I want to see what the experience is going to be um, before I introduce it to our financial professionals um, but that should happen within um, the next four weeks. And then we'll get additional advisors in there that are willing to, to try things out and to, to beta test, which I believe you probably are one of those, um, if not right away in the, in the, fi- in the later stages. So, in, and that again is starting small. So this is a new platform that we can create so that we're not trying to retrofit the digital experience into some of the older platforms. Not that they're old, but it's just a lot of work to change um, more established uh, platforms. So well, they're old. You could, I'll, you know, I, you work at the broker dealer. You have, I, I don't, they are old platforms and they just have not advanced. They just haven't. That's, that's fine. And if anybody wants to call me, I mean, as you know, happy to be on your, your, uh, uh, your product research team, uh, any company out there, sponsor this podcast, give us money, keep going. 
Yes. So I think, you know, we have to learn from our experiences. If we're going to take the paper out of the process, which is what we're trying to do with digital investing, all of our processes have to change as well. So we have to do that on a smaller scale. We're not going to have, you know, a principal review, you know, looking at the paperwork, it's more going to be the workflow. What's the workflow to have the approval process? Um, same thing, if we don't have an agreement to provide to an auditor, how do we make sure that we're storing the information and the data so that we can provide it to an auditor uh, once they ask for all the information about the accounts? We can learn from that experience without a lot of disruption and then move it over to some of the more established platforms. So um, I think that's what our process is going to be so that we can evolve over time from a, a digital perspective. I think, Colleen, that not only are we doing that internally and learning and changing, I think the thing that we're also then, and you spoke to this earlier, is how do we help financial professionals kind of learn and change and that change management of technology? And so we'll absolutely incorporate that into how we move forward. And a big piece of that, Andrew, is feedback. So it's a gift, I'm not complaining. But uh, Andrew mentioned we are at time. So if it's okay, I'm going to ask the final question. Oh, wait, can you, can, can we, can we ask one, one more quick? Before? Okay, I'll give you one more. Okay, one more before then. Okay. Um, I, I think people don't understand it and they're always wondering about it. And this is just more of an opinion. I'm ready to embrace it, but I don't know how we're going to embrace it. How can blockchain do wonders for us? And you can, you can make it sweet and concise and then we can move on to our final question because we, we were just about there, but I'm My question's easier, Colleen. It's way easier. <laughs> Thanks, Val. It's way so, more better than that, I, but I love blockchain. I think we can utilize the, um, the concept of blockchain to have a better data flow, taking of the information and having one source of truth. That is what I think is really the benefit of blockchain. Um, yes, there's a lot of capability from a trading perspective and obviously Bitcoin and everything else, but taking the concept and applying it to our business, there's a lot of possibilities. Wonderful. Okay, I'm done now. I'm sorry, Val. That's great. Looking forward to that. No, we can have a whole discussion on blockchain because that would be fun. Put that on the list. But that, that sounds like fun. So last, uh, last question, Colleen, and it's a question we ask all of our guests. Um, and it's kind of fun, but what's a habit that you have right now that um, either has contributed to some of your success and or that you're just loving and enjoying and would want to share with everyone? I would say um, over the last year, I've made a commitment to some type of movement. You know, I sit in office all day long. Um, so my habit is to have at least 20 minutes of, you know, whether I'm on the bike, I'm outside walking. Um, lately, it's been sledding. Um, you know, I forced myself to get up, get, go outside and do something um, fun with the kids. Um, I love hiking. I love that you actually have the name, The Hike. Uh, we have a harvest preserve not too far from us. So at any given time, I can get out, get there in five minutes and, and take a, a quick 25 minute uh, hike up there. So that is my habit, habit of movement right now. That's good. I love how you incorporated the sledding in there as well. So you get um, some fun and laughter in that. It doesn't have to be miserable. That's great. Exactly. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be, uh, miserable. It, it never, no. be. and, uh, uh, from a conversation, um, we had earlier, don't take your movement for granted is, is what I would say, uh, as, as, uh, we were talking before we started, uh, which a lot of people will actually find more out about, I think on episode seven, um, don't take your movement for granted. Uh, you know, just keep, if you can get out there, you got to get out there. It helps clear the brain, 
clear the mind and get you focused and ready to go. That's, that's good stuff. That's, that's really good. I don't think we've had anybody that didn't have, uh, that didn't bring up uh, something good as a habit. I think everybody had some really great things uh, that they were doing. I mean, not that we asked for bad habits and you know, said, so, well, you know, I'm smoking six packs a day. <laughs> you know, someone can offer that up. <laughs> All right. Well, I, th that's it for today. I think, uh, um, I think what we'll do again, just like always, I mean, we've had such, um, you know, we went over a lot, we talked about a lot of things. Um, and I think the next time we do this, we'll probably get a little bit more, uh, uh, in depth into uh, a specific topic and give a little bit more showcasing on technology next, next go around. If you're into it, if you'd like to come back one day, Colleen. I'd be happy to do. Thanks for having me today. Absolutely. All right. Well, we thank you, everybody, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Everybody say goodbye. Thanks, all. Everyone. Thank you for listening to The Hike, securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer, and member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. TAG Advisors and Cambridge are separate entities.